The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My guest this hour is Eric Bachman, who is the CEO and founder of Golden Gateway. Welcome to the show, Eric. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. We're going to be talking this hour about two subjects of interest to people in retirement or pre-retirement, reverse mortgages and life settlements. Before we get to that, just tell us briefly a little bit about your background, Eric, and how you got to founding Golden Gateway. Absolutely. I grew up in uh, in financial services. I've spent the last 25 years in uh, financial services in one form or another. Spent a lot of time with uh, with big banks and other financial services companies, and then uh, I got involved in a number of different financial services startups. Uh, spent a fair amount of time in credit cards and in helping merchants to accept credit cards. And quite honestly, I uh, didn't always feel like the good guy in doing those things. I was um, helping people to, to buy the things they wanted, um, helping merchants to accept different forms of payment. But in terms of, uh, of the scheme of things, it didn't feel like I was uh, contributing from a societal perspective. I spent some time, boy, it was a while ago now, six, seven years ago, looking at the direction that certain parts of the economy were headed. And, and I zeroed in pretty quickly on, on seniors and the oldest boomers and some very specific needs that that group had. And I saw that there was an opportunity for me to, to do something that I thought not only would um, be an important service, but that could actually help a lot of seniors and the oldest boomers to live better lives. And, and after a while, it just got to be such a compelling argument that I had to leave my day job and go start this new company. So you started about seven years ago, you say? Well, I built the business plan about seven years ago. Um, I was I, I subsequently went to another financial services startup that was uh, all around biometrics and payments, and you know, very from, from a technology perspective, it was a, a, a very sexy sort of business. But as I saw the trends that I had believed would be emerging, uh, in fact, do what I expected them to do, I had to jump ship and I had to come come. Uh, start this company. So I um, started the company in late 2006, and it, in order to, uh, to get it up and running and, and get all the licenses we needed and all the, the relationships with different uh, types of institutions in order, it took about a year. So we launched to the public in uh, November of 2007. I see. Okay, good. So let's just talk a little bit about the, the general situation that, as you say, uh, aging baby boomers and those already retired are who own a lot of equity in their homes. Uh, why is a reverse mortgage uh, Im- important to people in that age group these days? Well, for a lot of folks, uh, the, the home is their, their primary asset. We've got um, a situation where, according to the Treasury Department, half the American families on the brink of retirement have liquid financial assets valued at less than $40,000. And we're seeing uh, more and more a, a, something that we call the sandwich generation, where we've got 
adult children of seniors uh, not only paying for their own kids, but helping to contribute to the uh, the comfort and support of an adult or uh, of a senior parent. So um, the home, once again, is is the primary asset that most of these folks have, and um, fortunately, the seniors and the boomers did a couple things that were very different from prior demographics. They they, they traveled the world, they, they were more educated than prior uh, generations, and they bought their homes at an unprecedented rate. Eighty percent of seniors uh, today own their own homes, and uh, a significant percentage of them uh, own their own homes without any mortgage against them. And even those that have a first mortgage typically have significant equity. And what we've found is that for, for many folks, being able to tap that equity and create either an upfront payment so that they can improve their home and improve their lifestyle, or creating a, a monthly income from that uh, that home, is is really like throwing them a lifeline. So let's just talk a little bit about the history of reverse mortgages and how we got to where we are today. When did they originally start? Uh, the programs have really kind of changed a lot over the years. What, what have been some of the major innovations since reverse mortgages came on the scene? Sure. Well, the, the the concept goes way back into the uh, late 80s. The government started the program then. Unfortunately, a lot of the folks who issued reverse mortgages back then encumbered the mortgage by saying, okay, we're going to give you some money, but you have to buy these deferred annuities or some other sort of product along with them. And it turned out to not really be a very flexible product for very many people. And, f- and therefore, uh, for a long time, uh, the reverse mortgage industry didn't really grow. But the fact of the matter is, is the equity belongs to the senior, and therefore the money that's created by, by creating liquidity from it should belong to the senior to do with what they will. And I think over time, um, the government, the regulators, the, the uh, lenders and brokers in, in the industry all realize that there's got to be just a great deal more flexibility. And so, so that, as a practice, has gone away entirely. In fact, there's now regulation which protects the senior that says, no other financial service can be sold as part of the reverse mortgage lending process, which is a great thing for seniors. So there's been a lot of good uh, legislation recently to make the reverse mortgage uh, better and more viable for the seniors. Just in the last couple of years, we've seen quite a bit of legislation. Um, there, there were, uh, let's say, in, I want to say it was June or July of 2008, before uh, President Bush left office, he did two important things. One was to create a national cap for reverse mortgage that was higher than anything had been before. Previously, it had been a um, fairly complicated uh, piece of business to figure out how much you were eligible for because it varied uh, by, by geography. It, of course, varied by the value of the home, and it varies by the senior's age. Um, back in, in June of 2008, uh, it, there became a national cap and instead of the maximum prior cap of 362000 that national cap went to 417 At the same time, uh, President Bush created a, a new concept called reverse mortgage for purchase, which allows a senior to, to actually purchase a home. Either, either you know, it could be a second home, it could be a, a downsized home, but using a reverse mortgage, so they need to use far less of their own capital to do that. Uh, one of the first things that President Obama did when he stepped in was to take the national cap that, that President Bush uh, increased to 417000 and to increase it further to 625500 which 
really uh, opens the doors up for a lot of people in, in let's say, higher value areas where uh, previously a, a reverse mortgage wouldn't have been very meaningful to them. So what has been the reaction? That was in the middle of 2008. Have a lot more reverse mortgages been made uh, because well, of those um, higher limits since then? Re- reverse mortgages have grown significantly for, for the last 10 years. If you go back from, from 2000 to 2009, the reverse mortgage, uh, the number of reverse mortgages done every year has grown by about 1,800%. So, so it's, a, it's a growing product. Um, of course, as people's home values declined in the last couple of years, the amount that uh, was available to them also reduced. So we saw some slowing in the growth, but um, as that market picks back up, I, we, we expect to see uh, the growth rate pick up just as quickly. There have been a lot of concerns about this. Uh, you, you see uh, Federal Trade Commission, various other play, places saying, even AARP being quite cautious on reverse mortgages, saying it's, it's the last asset that these seniors have, and in many cases they're being charged very high fees and, and you know, giving up their equity in, in ways they don't really understand. Is, is that, in fact, true, or, or is that kind of overblown? I would say that there, there are pieces of truth in there and there, there, there are pieces of fallacy in there. Here's, here's what I would say. First of all, for this entire demographic group, for, for seniors and for the oldest boomers, these are the people with the least amount of time to recover from a mistake. So no matter what, it's important for those folks to get an education about these products before they move forward. Um, now, regulate, uh, government regula- regulation says before anyone can take an application for a reverse mortgage, that senior has to go to an, a third, an independent third party for counseling. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's an industry where um, there's been enough protection put into place that there, there really isn't an opportunity for a, uh, let's say, less than scrupulous salesperson to sell, uh, to sell a senior something they don't want or need without at least there being some third party stepping in to say, hey, wait a minute, let's go through all of the issues associated with that product. So That, that didn't used to be true. I mean, that uh, intercession was because of scandals in the past. Is that correct? Uh, it, it's... it's that scandals or, let's say, issues of confusion certainly would be contributing factor to why that exists. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the fact that that's, that that's existed for uh, four or five years now, I think, has really done a lot to, to help people. But, but the other thing is, is there's a lot more education available today. You know, uh, prior to the Internet being as big a financial tool as it, as it is, um, it was truly hard for a senior to get information on a reverse mortgage without putting themselves into a situation where they're being sold. You go, even if you've got a bank that you've done business with and you trust, when you walk into that bank branch and you ask them about a product that you don't have, you may just end up being sold. And so uh, we think it's important that there are resources like, like, uh, like ours where a person can go, they can read all that they want, they can run calculations, they can understand the ramifications of a decision before they ever have to give up any personal information or, um, or move down the road of applying for, for a, a reverse mortgage. Um, now I'm trying to think of the second part of your question. You said, you know, what kind of regulations. And, oh, you, you talked about the expense. Yes. Um, what, so, so here's the thing where I'd say right now there's probably more fallacy than truth to that in that 
Um, it used to be a more expensive product, but now that there are more lenders getting into the space, there's been quite a bit of competition. And um, between that competition and between uh, continued government regulation, there have been caps put into place on the um, amount that any lender can charge on a on a um, origination fee. And the natural competition has driven um, the interest rates associated with reverse mortgages down, so they're really just uh, slightly higher than uh, than traditional forward mortgages. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Eric Bachman, who's the CEO and founder of Golden Gateway, which is a company helping seniors with reverse mortgages. We're also going to be talking about life settlements as well. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My host, I'm the host and my guest this hour is Eric Bachman, who's the CEO and founder of Golden Gateway. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Thank you. Let's just go back to some of the basics here. Who is a reverse mortgage appropriate for and who is it not appropriate for? Okay, so, so the first thing is, in order to even qualify for a reverse mortgage, a person has to be 62 years old or older. Uh, they have to own their own home, although they do not have to own it outright. Uh, but they have to have enough equity that, that uh, whatever mortgage or loans they do have against that home can be paid off by the reverse mortgage. And that equity is deter- determined by an, a current appraisal? That's correct. That's correct. So, so typically, depending on the age of the senior, it, it, it would be important for them to have uh, at least 35-40% equity in their home. And the more equity, the better. Or let's say the more equity, the, the, the uh, greater the likelihood that the, we're going to be able to 
help them to get that first mortgage or any other debts they have against that home paid off. If they own the home jointly and one of them is over 62 and one of them is under 62, they can still do it? It can be done. Here's one of those you asked a question earlier about education and ramifications. Um, The only way to really do that if someone is under 62 is by taking them off of the deed. And that is is something that we've seen seniors decide to do. but there are, there is a whole other set of ramifications to that should the older person then pass away. Right. Estate complications, yes. Exactly. Okay. All right. And then what are some of the other qualifications for reverse mortgages? You know, that's one of the great things about a reverse mortgage is that there are not other qualifications. So other types of loans require good credit, they require income, and those, that's because those loan types are... Um, come along with monthly payments. The reverse mortgage is a a fairly unique loan in that the lender doesn't expect to receive a monthly payment. Every every month goes by, they don't expect to to get a monthly payment. The loan isn't due or payable until the the final senior on the deed um, sells the house, moves out of the house, or passes away. It has to be in a primary residence, can't be in a secondary, that's correct? That's correct. They have to live there at least six months out of the year. Okay, and so there's no credit check involved then, um, and so so then who is so those are the basic criteria: 62, own equity in the home, um, primary residence. So who is it? Uh, when is it appropriate to get a reverse mortgage, and when is it not appropriate? Well, one of the things that uh, that we think is important is is that someone gets a reverse mortgage if they're planning on staying in the home for a period of time. Because like, like any mortgage, there are upfront fees, and those uh, fees are best amortized over time. So if someone's planning on moving in a year or two, and they have options to doing a reverse mortgage, odds are good that the reverse mortgage is not going to be the right solution. However, if they know they want to stay in the home, and, and what we find is a lot of people choose to stay in their home as they grow older rather than to sell it or downsize or move into a retirement community because that's the place where they raise their children and that's the place where they know their neighbors and, and, and conduct their daily business. So someone who is intending to stay and desirous of staying for, uh, for some number of years to the rest of their life, uh, reverse mortgage may be a very good solution. Okay. And then uh, once they agree to do a reverse mortgage, what are some of the ways <clears throat> they can receive the proceeds? Uh, a reverse mortgage can be uh, dispersed in one lump sum, all up front. It can be dispersed over time. It can be dispersed in a combination. So we've had quite a few people take, um, let, let's say, just throw out a couple numbers. Let's say take 50000 up front so that they can put on a new roof or put in some ramps to make it easier to get around their house, and then take a monthly uh, income check of you know, $1,000, $1,500 for the rest of their life. Alternatively, a person can take some amount of it up front and leave the rest in a line of credit that they can access later on without having to refinance. And as long as they're not constantly taking out as much as they're possibly eligible for, that line of credit grows, and uh, and over time they build up quite a bit of access to uh, to additional cash. So uh, do they get a different amount if they take it all up front in a lump sum than if they take it over time? Well... Yes, it's it's a, it's a different amount because um, when a reverse mortgage is initially applied for, there's an appraisal done, 
And the assumption around every reverse mortgage is that that, that senior is going to live to be 100 years old. So the lender is doing their math knowing that they're not going to be repaid until that senior is 100 years old. Now, that's not the reality in most cases. In fact, the average reverse mortgage is paid off in about seven years. But the longer, um, the, the further someone is away from that 100-year mark, the, uh, the greater cushion the lender has to build. So the, if, if you're taking more money up front, um, you're over time going to have access to less money than if you take a chunk every single month. So we're just some rough numbers. Uh, if you're age 62 and just, you're just eligible, what percent of your equity uh, can you take out compared to, say, if you're 85 or 90, you know, much, much further down the road? Sure. Now, these are just rules of thumb, but, but someone who's, who's 62 may be able to get, let's say, 35% of the value of their house, while someone who's 85 or 90 may be able to get uh, 65 to 75% of the value of their home. So in general, do you think it's better to do it earlier or, or to wait and get more equity later? Well, this is a product where, interestingly, uh, that choice isn't always um, purely financial. We find that a lot of people do reverse mortgages um, out of need. But if someone has the ability to, um, to make it on, on what they've got or to uh, survive on another income stream, I think you know, there is a bit of math that needs to be done. Um, is it is it uh, low cost income stream they're surviving on, or or what are they giving up? I mean, we we talk to people every month who are squeaking by, but they may actually be um, surviving on half half the medicine that they're supposed to be taking because they can't afford to take all of it. So, a lot of time, the additional income of a reverse mortgage um, isn't what I would call purely optional. Um, now, on the flip side. Certainly, since there are a number of different structures under which you can take a reverse mortgage, um, you can take that into consideration, right? So, so you may choose not to take out as much money as you possibly can, but to take out uh, just enough to, to make you comfortable. And that's what I, I think, um, you know, if, if I were to paint this with a broad brush, I'd say that that's really the rule of thumb is, is not to take out more than you need. Now, these were made originally uh, when house prices were rising, and kind of the assumption, I guess, among lenders was that the house prices would continue to rise. In the last three years or so, house prices have been falling for the most part. So has that made lenders more cautious uh, in the amount they're willing to give out if the home prices are certainly not going to be rising and may, in fact, be falling? Well, the, so, so two things about that. Um, the, the first is that the lenders really aren't the ones who determine the dollar amounts. Uh, it is a government-backed program, and the government decides how much they're willing to back. And, and the lenders are willing to go as far as the government because those are government-guaranteed loans. Um, now, now, having said that, um, the percentages that an individual is might be eligible for are based on the value of the house. So as housing values have come down, the, the, the raw dollar amounts available have come down because the same... You know, a 35% of a, of a million-dollar house is $350,000, Well, 35% of a half-a-million-dollar house is $175,000. What, what I'm not clear exactly what it is that the government is guaranteeing, and when would that guarantee come into play? So, so um, 
one of the things that's interesting about a reverse mortgage is that every one of them comes with an insurance component. You can think of it, a lot of people are familiar with FHA loans, conventional FHA loans, where there's this uh, PMI, you know. Uh, Private mortgage insurance. Yeah. Exactly. There's something akin to that on the reverse mortgage side, which, which basically protects both the borrower and the lender. For the borrower, it says, no matter what happens with your house, you're going to receive this payment um, for the rest of your life if that's, your, your, if that's what you've opted to do, and you will never owe more than the value of your home. So if the home appreciates, you may owe one number, if, if the home fails to appreciate or depreciates, uh, you would own le- actually owe less. Now, the way it protects the lender is it says you can continue making this monthly payment every month for the rest of that senior's life, and you will never go upside down on this loan. So if the value of the home falls, so, so let's take a circumstance. They, they issue a reverse mortgage. Uh, the value of the house falls 50% or something like that. Right. Um, and the person dies, uh, they then sell the home to collect on their uh, what they put out plus the interest, and, well, and that does not, uh, you know, they, they sell it for much less, they don't recover what they are owed, in effect. You're saying the government makes up the difference. Well, so I want to start uh, with, with um, one of the phrases you used there. First of all, one of the most common misconceptions about a reverse mortgage is that the bank takes the home, and, and the bank does not owe the, own the home. Um, the borrower always retains title to the house, and the bank has a lien against it, just the same as a conventional mortgage. So um, when someone, let's, let's say that uh, this person has passed away, the adult children would inherit the home in the same way that they would if there was a conventional mortgage on it. Mm-hmm. And in the same way as if there was a conventional mortgage on it, they'll need to ultimately get that loan paid off. Now, Often that's done by refinancing. Sometimes it's done by by selling the home. That's that, that's still the choice of the. Uh, but if they sell uh, the, the home, if, if they sell the home for a lot less than is owed on it, if they're upside down on the house, which is a right, huge, right. huge number of homes in this country, they, they, then... they can't be forced to pay more than the value of that house. So who makes up the difference? How does the that, lender? That's where that insurance comes to play. I see. So that's what the government. And, and I would assume that that's going to be happening now because lots of people have their homes. Well, you, you know, it, it's possible, but, but here are a couple things to consider. Um, so first of all, in, in, in all of the, 20, you know, the 20th century, there was never a five-year period of depreciation. Now, we may be in one, but the, the average length of time that someone takes out a reverse mortgage for is seven years, and certainly if you're you're 65 or 75 and you intend to stay in your house and you're in good health, that could easily be a 20-25 year uh, loan and the odds of depreciation for that period of time are, are probably very low. Mm-hmm. But, but, but having said that, um, the reverse mortgage is designed to be very, very conservative right out of the gate. So where on the, uh, the conventional mortgages, we've all heard about uh, you know, a conservative loan a few years ago was considered a 20% down, you know, 80% loan-to-value type yes. of mortgage. And then, you know, uh, over the last, what, five, three to five years, we saw uh, 100% loan-to-value, 105, 110% loan-to-value, where people were actually not putting any money down, actually walking away with cash in their pocket as they were buying a house. And, okay. and uh, in the reverse mortgage space, it's not really like that. You, the most 
someone can typically get is 75% loan-to-value, with younger people getting significantly less than that. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Eric Bachman, the CEO and founder of Golden, Gate, Golden Gateway, uh, talking about reverse mortgages. We'll, we'll have more after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. My guest this hour is Eric Bachman, who's the CEO and founder of Golden Gateway. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Thank you. We were talking a lot about reverse mortgages. Let's just be clear on what Golden Gateway does and what your role is uh, in the whole process of reverse mortgages. Sure. Uh, Golden Gateway was really the first reverse mortgage marketplace. What I mean by that is we have brought together the major lenders in the space, uh, and and really unlike any other tool on the web or or via phone, we have the ability to uh, show people what they're really eligible for. Most places a, a senior goes or their adult children go looking for reverse mortgages, they're going to see approximations of what might be available based on HUD guidelines. But what we've done is we've connected with the major lenders in the space and built out a website that not only shows the senior what they can get, but it allows them to 
model uh, for the future, uh, showing them if I were to take X amount up front and Y amount on a monthly basis, what does it mean to me in terms of how much cash I can receive, uh, what my closing costs are going to be, how much interest I'll accrue over time, and, and you know, for a lot of people, most importantly, what kind of equity will I ha- have remaining 10 years, 20 years, 30 years out? And we do all of this without uh, asking someone to give their personal information to us, because what we think is important is we think it's, uh, it's key for, for seniors and their adult children to be able to educate themselves without any pressure. And then if they decide it's the right thing for them, then they pick up the phone and call us, or then they enter their personal information and we'll call them. Uh, and, and at that point, we've got a far more qualified prospective uh, uh, customer there because they've had the opportunity to really learn on their own. And once they've done all that, then you shop amongst different companies for the best deal for them. We we do. We act as matchmaker, and um, and you know, so so strictly speaking, we we, we get paid as a broker, um, which I think is an important thing for us to disclose. But I think it's also important for for me to point out that all of our loan consultants, the people who are actually working with the seniors and their adult children, are salaried and not commissioned. Just about everywhere you go, people are being paid based on how much they can get that senior to take or what lender they, they basically match them up with because some lenders are willing to pay more than others to get a customer. Our, our, our loan consultants are not that way. They're interested in only making sure that the senior gets the right answers because they don't get paid more by sending a customer to, to one lender or another. They don't get paid more by getting a senior to take out more money than they need to. And for, for, from our perspective, we designed ourselves that way out of the gate because we felt it was important to bring transparency um, to the industry. So does Golden Gateway get more from some lenders than others for bringing business to them? Um, that is a distinct possibility, yeah. Uh, but the, 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 the individuals who work with the seniors don't even know the case. They don't know if that's the case. They're not impacted by that one way or the other. So you're really looking out for the client to get them the best deals. That, that is exactly what we built ourselves to do. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your uh, website and phone number and, and uh, what people would find at those places. Sure. The website is goldengateway.com, and our phone number is 1-800-466-6394. Easy way to remember that is it's 1-800-4-MONEY-4. And at that site or on that phone system, we have uh, – loan consultants who will help people to determine uh, whether a reverse mortgage is the right thing for them, and if so, how to best structure it for their needs. Uh, Also, we have individuals there who can answer any questions they have regarding life settlements, and once again, to help them to get the most money if that senior uh, decides that, that selling life insurance policy is the right thing to do. How is this different? People see a lot of ads on TV, particularly with Robert Wagner and so on, uh, about reverse mortgages. How is calling you or contacting you different than responding to one of those ads? Well, you know, we have people calling and saying, I want that Robert Wagner loan. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and quite honestly, we have the ability to get that for them if that's what they want. Robert Wagner is a spokesperson for a reverse mortgage lender. Um, we work with that lender and a number of others. And in some cases, that's, that is the best lender for the senior who's calling, and in other cases, it's not. So, so the difference from my perspective is that we've got the ability, first of all, we're not a lender, so we don't have a vested interest in selling a particular loan. And we have the ability, because we've uh, integrated with quite a few lenders, to 
make sure that we're we're building a relationship between the the, the uh, customer and the best lender for them. Is the main ways the lenders are differentiated is the origination fees? Because a lot of the other fees are pretty much mandated by the government, right? Right. Well, there's the origination fees, there's the interest rate, but there's also little things like monthly servicing fee and um, and whether you're required to take a certain percentage up front or not. And that doesn't always, uh, it's not always the same from one lender to another. So there are differences that you understand that might be difficult for people to kind of compare one to another. That, that, that's correct. And in fact, we, we have the ability to uh, pull certain levers that even uh, employees of a particular company may not have. So for example, I'm not going to uh, use any company names, but, but a le- there's a lender, for example, that has a huge branch system. And this lender gets quite a bit of their business from folks like us, from, from brokers. And that's very common. I mean, it's common in the con- conventional mortgage space as well that uh, that banks often get uh, their customers more from brokers than they do from their branch platform or from their bl- branch personnel. And so what happens is there are rules in place that, for the branch personnel in terms of what they have to charge, and we don't have those same rules in place. So we have flexibilities to lower prices, and we have the ability oftentimes to to make a loan at a particular lender uh, that has better terms for the senior than, than they would have gotten if they went directly to that lender. Okay, very good. What, one last question I hear all the time. The, the, the kids of the seniors have to be informed about all this because basically they're, they're losing their inheritance. They're getting disinherited if the equity is, in effect, being spent. Is that correct? Is that well, we, we believe time? it's important. We, we do believe this is a family decision. This is something that's important for, for the family to discuss. But interestingly... You know, right now about 20% of people in their 40s are helping to support a parent, and about 40% of people in their 50s are helping to support a parent. And what we find oftentimes is, is the seniors reluctant to do a reverse mortgage because they want to pass on the most equity they possibly can uh, to their adult child when they pass away. Meanwhile, however, they're taking a monthly payment from, or they're basically taking monthly income from their kids, which can negatively affect their adult children, and it can negatively affect their, their grandchildren who maybe can't go to the school they want to because of, because of the money situation. And, and we kind of refer to that as the reverse mortgage they don't know they have, right? They're taking mon- money every month from the kids, and they're intending to pay it, pay it off when they pass away or sell the house. Same sort of thing as a reverse mortgage, except a reverse mortgage is institutionalized, which, which means it, it doesn't cause the same sorts of family friction, and it doesn't impact the younger generation now. So, so really what we have to, uh, you know, when, when you talk about the senior and their adult children discussing this, that's definitely true, but they also have to look at what's going on today because in a lot of cases um, people tend to forget about the fact that one is borrowing money from the other every single day. In some cases the older parents don't have enough money to live on. They move back in with their kids. That's happening more and more. We're seeing seniors... Uh, Looking to go back to work, if they were, if they're working, we're seeing them stay at work longer, and we are seeing them move. We're, we're seeing uh, seniors move in with their kids, and we're seeing adult children move in with their senior parents. So, a reverse mortgage, if they if they have the equity, can prevent that from happening in either direction. It, it, it can certainly give them the the comfort to make the decision as they will. Yeah. Okay, I want to switch to the other business you have, which is uh, life settlements. Uh, let's just start briefly with a d- definition of what a life settlement is and, and how it benefits somebody who owns a life insurance policy. Sure. 
Um, let me start by telling you that 85% of life insurance policies don't end up paying a death benefit. And the reason for that is that 85% of life insurance policies are allowed to lapse because the person no longer needs the insurance, can no longer afford the insurance, or they've decided to ultimately turn that policy back into the insurer for, for its cash value, which is typically something like 3 to 5% of the face value of the policy. So what life settlement is, is um, a means by which that, that senior, typically, can sell the policy to an institutional investor for cash now, they no longer own the policy, and they no longer need to make premium payments um, because they've gotten cash up front. Now, the cash up front is typically significantly less than the face value of the policy, but it's also uh, typically significantly more than the insurance company will pay for, for uh, cash value. And that's because when the person dies, there'll be a big payoff. That's the reason the, the that's, investors. That's the reason that someone will invest. That's correct. And are these typically done on an individual basis, or are they pooled and p investors can buy them as a pool? Well, we deal strictly with individuals and and help match uh, individuals to the right investor for them. Now, we do know that there are certain investors who are securitizing pools of these. Uh, of these policies and selling them on a secondary market. So, but you think it's better to do it as an individual, one to another. But then, as an well, investor, well, as, as a senior or as a, well, as a senior, there there is no option to do it as anything other than as an as an individual. So, so what typically happens is is um, we may help a senior to work with an institutional investor, and that institutional investor will buy the senior's policy. But when that institutional investor ha has 100 policies of a similar maturity date, let's say, they may turn around and sell it or, or sell parts of that to other investors as well. Uh -huh. so, so they're not really selling other individual policies. They're selling a, they're selling a pool at that point. Is the amount that the senior gets based on their age or their health condition or some combination of the two, or how is the? Well, it's typically it, it is typically. Um, I would say the first hurdle they have to clear is usually an age hurdle. Uh, what we're finding is investors, um, um, uh, depending on the health of the senior, investors tend to be less interested in investing in a policy of someone who's younger than sixty-five or even seventy years old, um, and and that's because the the longer the senior is going to live. Um, the longer this investor is going to be making insurance payments. And so they view it as, as a reduced return on their investment. So um, once someone's 65, they have the ability to sell, uh, and they are going to receive more money, probably the older they are, or uh, per perhaps um, the shorter their expected lifespan is. Very good. All right, we're going to come back with more details on this. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Eric Bachman, who's the CEO and founder of Golden Gateway, uh, based in Oakland, California. We've been talking about reverse mortgages, and now we're talking about his other business, which is life settlements. We'll have more on that when we get back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. 
Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When you were young, did you feel free to daydream? Were you full of questions such as why, how, and what if? Did you allow yourself to be carefree, to dance and sing? Did you create just for fun? Want to feel that way again? Reclaim your natural curiosity and creativity with Dr. Carol Stalka on Stargazing Stories, sparking your creativity. Revitalize your life, work, and relationships. Be more playful, be bold, imagine, explore, and live more creatively every day. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. in the East, 8 a.m. in the West on 7th Wave Network. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My uh, guest this hour is Eric Bachman, who's the CEO and founder of Golden Gateway, uh, which is a broker in the reverse mortgage area and also the life settlement area. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Thank you very much. Um, we're, we're talking about life settlements here. Um, so basically, the, the amount you're going to get depends on your health condition and your age to some extent. Is that right? Absolutely. And the way I like to look at it is that we've always got good news for someone. Either we can get them a lot of money or they're going to live to be uh, very, very old. Uh-huh. Um, and then the investors are willing to wait. Um, you know, they, don't, they don't know when they're going to get paid off because it's when the person dies, right? Well, absolutely true. However, um, prior to going out f- to, to basically uh, get bids for a senior uh, on their insurance policy, there is a medical underwriting that takes place. So the senior answers a, a fairly detailed questionnaire that goes out to a third-party medical underwriter who says, okay, based on the fact that the person's this age, they smoke or they don't smoke, they have you know, various medical histories, we expect, a, a, um, we expect them to live for X number of months. So the and pricing is based on life expectancy. Is what exactly saying. right. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, either way, uh, some, they could die sooner, and that would be better for the investor. They could die much longer, and that would be bad for the investor. That's the 
risk the investor is willing to take. Is that, that right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, who is this uh, appropriate for, uh, similar to the reverse mortgages? When is it a good idea and when is it not a good idea to do, do life settlements? You know, interestingly, when we started doing life settlements, I thought that this would be um, a, an emotional thought process. When, when we deal with reverse mortgage, reverse mortgage tends to be very emotional because this is the home where someone raised their family oftentimes. I thought the life settlement would be emotional because we're talking about life expectancies here, or at least that's what I thought we were talking about. But people tend to look at their life insurance as far more a financial investment. And so, um, first of all, I would certainly say any senior who's thinking about letting their policy lapse should look into this because these people have typically paid into their policy for a period of time, and to get nothing for it is, would just be a travesty. Now, uh, people have the option, typically, of turning that policy back into the insurance agency for, for its cash value, but, but that tends to be a very, very small percentage of the policy. And what we've found is that we have the ability, typically, to get someone eight to ten times as much um, through the life settlement process than they would get from their own insurance company. Further, we've found that we're able to get people about 100% more than if they went to their own broker and said, I want you to try and sell this for me. And the reason for that is because we've got so many relationships with different investors, and we can help uh, basically turn this into a bidding process so that the senior gets as much as they possibly can. So there are enough bidders out there that there is competition for a good policy. Yeah, in many cases, we, we may... We may uh, we may shop a, a, a policy through 25, 30 different prospective investors. Uh-huh. I, I had heard that the credit crunch had slowed people down in wanting to buy into life settlements. Um, you, you know, I haven't seen that. Uh-huh. We, we, see, um, we see a lot of people, you know, certainly uh, there may not be as much money in the investment community as there once was, but this is a... Um, not a credit-based product. You know, really, people are buying into, uh, in, into I hate to say it, into, into mortality, yeah. which, you know, what do people say? You know, death and taxes, those are two things that, that come no matter what. So, uh, so we do see investors still willing to invest in this space. Since investors do not know when this is going to mature, in effect, they don't know when they're going to get their money back, um, is there very variable rates of return? I mean, the return very much depends on how long it's going to be before you get your money back, right? Well, we, we see different investors who are willing to invest based on the um, underwritten lifespan. So, so some investors are, are not willing to even invest unless the lifespan looks like it's less than 10 years or less than 7 years. But others are willing to take a, a longer view. I see. What kind of rates of return in general do investors get on these? You know... You know um, not being on that side of the business, I, I don't tend to see what their rate of returns are. Okay. <laughs> so you're really on the customer side of the business. Here. We, we are. We are. Our, our whole goal is to help that senior get as much as they can for their policy. Um, are there minimums of uh, what size policy or how much cash value they've got in it? Uh, well, you know, in- interestingly, um, unlike reverse mortgage, which started with people who were very much in need, life settlement really started... Um, on the other end of the spectrum, if, if you were to look at life settlements, let's say, five to eight years ago, the average policy amount that got settled would have been in you know two and a half, three million dollar range. But that's really come down. We see an average policy amount now of about 300000 
and we see it's not at all uncommon to see $150,000 policies being sold. There is no actual minimum, though, that's necessary. I, I, even, I don't think investors are going to buy anything that's, that's less than 50000 Yeah. Okay. And are there fees that the owner of the policy must pay for this medical evaluation or other fees involved in, in making the deal happen? Uh, depending on where they go, there may be fees. Um, I can tell you that, uh, for example, when we, when we work with them, um, after talking with the senior, if we think there's a reasonable chance that an investor might be interested, we typically upfront a lot of that work so that it doesn't cost the senior. Um, we, of course, you know, want to be uh, compensated when that, when that uh, investment deal closes so that we get uh, reimbursed. But um, you know, we try and make it as painless uh, and easy for them to move forward as possible. And how do these life settlements differ from what are called viaticals, which is really more for terminally ill people? Well, that's the big difference right there is um, a life settlement typically involves a senior, uh, someone over 65, maybe over 70, um, whereas a viatical is targeted specifically on someone who's terminally ill, and it doesn't matter what age they are because they're they're not going to make it for very long. And so uh, viaticals are oftentimes done so that uh, a, a person can afford the treatment that they need whereas um, a life settlement tends to be um, far less medically associated. But both are perfectly legitimate. There has been some scandals in the whole viatical area, and you're saying that that's not, not happening today. Well, there's this, you may read about this uh, concept that is abbreviated STOLI, which, which stands for Stranger Originated Life Insurance. And this is, this is a concept that's plain old illegal. Uh, what it is is when someone says, I want to take out a life insurance policy on you. And um, with life settlements and with viaticals, the, the, uh, the insured individual or someone in their family has to be the original owner of the policy, and there's a seasoning requirement associated with that. Uh, the danger in the concept of STOLI or stranger-originated life insurance is you don't know who these strangers are. When, when we help a senior to help sell their life insurance policy, we're dealing with commercial investors that all have, that are all big companies with, with good credit ratings, and, and, and we understand that they are professional investors. If you've got a stranger walking up to you and saying, I want to I buy a policy on your life, uh, it is theoretically possible for that person to be painting a target on their back. Yeah, yeah, the incentives aren't very good. Very good. Well, it's been fascinating. My sp- guest this hour has been Eric Bachman. Uh, CEO and founder of Golden Gateway. Uh, his website is goldengateway.com. Uh, the phone number to find out more is 800-4-MONEY-4. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Eric. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much, and we'll be back again with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next